Hi guys, this is Ivy from Real Quacks. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, but do keep in mind it's our first ever, so the sound quality isn't as great as we would have liked, but we have learned some lessons which will benefit the sound quality in our future episodes. One suggestion we wanted to make is that if you are not familiar with the Enneagram personality disorder, please check out our bonus episode, What is the Enneagram? And if you'd like to know a little bit about the four letters that we throw around here and there in the podcast, like ENFP, ISTJ, that sort of thing, check out our bonus episode, What is the Myers-Briggs Personality Sorting System? Something like that. And it'll break it down basically where you won't be too confused. Anyway, enjoy the episode and please be patient with us. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Real Quacks. I am Ivy. And I am Emily. I'm an ENFP and a 7 in the Enneagram. And I am an ISTJ and a 1 in the Enneagram. Okay, great. And today we're going to discuss the characters in the movie Jaws. I believe it was a 1975 film, kind of a horror thriller. Um, How old were you when you first saw this movie, if I may ask? I, if you can believe it, I was actually, it was a few years ago, and I was 28 years old when I finally watched this movie. So it was so, but it was like being a kid again, and you're just scared, even though you know, you know, sharks don't go psycho like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I saw it when I was a kid, like way too young, and so even in a swimming pool, I would have visions of sharks coming from under me um like surprisingly I still enjoy being in the water but it was something I consciously had to like fight against as a kid like Jaws is not in the lake Jaws is not in this lake (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I don't even know how to swim but I think if I would have seen it when I was a lot younger I would have definitely made it my mission in life never to set foot in the ocean or any body of water there's this lake uh, not far from my house where they have a huge movie screen and mm-hmm. one of the things they do in the summer is they play Jaws while everybody's floating on the water like in those inflatable ring things and it's like black water watching Jaws in the dark and I couldn't <laughs> anything more terrifying oh wow that sounds I, really I, cool yeah, to okay. see though like and to do <laughs> you know, it, as much as the logic part of my brain is like it's perfectly safe like I'm like well what if there's some other crazy thing down there you know <laughs> I know your hypothalamus is like telling you I can't see it but there's something <laughs> bad about to happen I know I know um okay so what did you think about the characters in general well I thought everybody was really different. Even the little characters, like the little side characters we get, like the secretary, who's the the little nagging old lady, who you can totally see that, you know, nags her husband to death. (laughs) Yeah. Or Hendrix, the cop that found the body. He's like, you know, he's really scared. He won't say anything. So I don't know. He's just, I think every single character is really different. Yeah. They they seem like they have a lot of really real um mm-hmm. the, the guy who wrote this peter benchley he had a, a knack for that but i was gonna say i don't know if you did you know that this was roughly based on true events no actually i didn't yeah i um there was apparently in in the similar area of, of the country 
um, there was a shark attack. It was 1916, this shark that was like terrorizing this beach town um, mm-hmm. for like a few days, I think. I believe it was six people who were killed. And wow. Uh, what, and, and at one point, he even swam up a freshwater river from the ocean up a freshwater river and killed a couple kids in a river. Wow. So sharks can go psycho. That's yes. something I did not want to know. <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of reminded me of like um, that other movie with Val Kilmer, The Ghost in the Darkness, um, oh. because it is based on real events. So yeah. I, I, while watching it, I thought, I wonder if this has any kind of like a kernel of truth to it. Yeah, yeah, there is. So the the main character, uh, Brody, Officer mm-hmm. Brody, I think he he played out like the the real life dilemma of should we shut the beaches down when everybody's livelihood depends on this time of year? You know, that's like right. A yeah, dilemma. What did you think about him? Did you have any uh, ideas of what personality type you thought he might be? I don't know. I think right off the bat, I thought he could be an ISTJ, kind of like yeah. myself. I, you know, even his wife calls him uptight at the beginning of the movie. And he's like obsessive and trying to find a resolution. But he's also kind of like scared and he's scared of the water, which is really something. I don't know if it's the a universal ISTJ thing but I was like I'm with you brother yeah no you know what that was my take too and actually I did look it up and that's kind of the consensus online that he's an ISTJ um, oh, okay so I did got you that notice right. at one part where they were comparing scars that he lifted up his stomach he, he lifted yes. up his stomach his shirt and he had a scar mm-hmm. in there um, yes and it made me wonder like and at the end, the very at the very end, when he he says that last line, you know, and to think I used to be afraid of the ocean. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's like after he I went through all that, he's like, "Huh, <laughs> yeah." Like I wonder why. I and think maybe he had something I... to do with like the the scar, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, and be he definitely had a phobia, but he didn't like remember that one part where he was like telling his kids like, "Get out of the boat, get out of the boat," yeah. and then he his wife's like well maybe you're gonna scare him so bad they never go in the water and he's like you know I don't want that like he yeah he was able to say I don't want this for them you know right he was able to separate it and then yeah. the funny thing happens that his wife sees the picture in the book and she's like you get yeah. out now <laughs> <laughs> that was funny um in the Enneagram though he's absolutely a hundred percent a six um which is the the most fearful of all the types um mm-hmm. and they have I, I found that I found that cool like internet page that I can put in the notes mm-hmm. where it talks about the different protagonists from movies and basically they're propelled by fear in the movie that's what propels their action mm-hmm. and it's about kind of learning to overcome that fear um which he does I mean my goodness he's he had right. a full-on face-to-face fight with this huge 25-foot great white. So, you know, uh-huh. he, he definitely grew in the, in the yes, movie. he did. But, yeah. So I think you're right, though. Definitely ISTJ because he, he wants to do things. He's, he wants to make sure he does his job right. Mm-hmm. He takes his duty, his job very, very, very seriously in keeping people safe. 
Right, because even when yeah. he's at the at the beach and somebody wants to come over, I, I, I forgot um, what that guy, you know, he's trying to tell him something and he's kind of looking over him. He's not even listening to him. He's just still looking down at the beach. Yeah. And his wife is, is um, right after that, that's when she calls him uptight and she's trying to give him like a massage and trying to get him to relax and he can't. Yeah. So I, it just made me feel like, you know, lady, don't distract him. It's a dereliction of his duty. <laughs> like, don't I do know. That. Yeah. She, um, well, we can come back to her in a second, but it, one of the things that I, I could remember when they're on the boat and he, I mean, the boat's starting to, there's damage now that shark like rammed into it and there's like water, mm-hmm. you know, and then he's trying to call for help in that crazy guy quint like smashes the radio and right. i'm like yeah that, that was probably for a six and istj like the most horrifying thing imaginable in the universe <laughs> right because you see his rage come out there because you don't really see yeah. him react much before that even when he's kind of when they're leaving the shore and he's um kind of being really you know quint's being really crude and in what he's saying he doesn't react at all mm-hmm. But it's not right. until, you know, they're in the middle of nowhere and he smashes that radio when he really comes out in rage. Right. Yeah. You know, and even just him getting on that boat and heading out into the ocean, like to face like his literally like the nightmare of his life. Um, mm-hmm. That is to me such an ISTJ thing to do, like because of your duty. <laughs> Like, this is my job. I have to right. keep my family and this town safe. So I'm going to crap my pants and get on this boat and go go face this killer shark. <laughs> right. Especially because that, by that point, he's also kind of guilt-ridden over what happened with um, the little boy, right. Alex. Because the mom, the grieving mom comes and she has that righteous indignation that he knew about it. And you know, they didn't shut down the beach and it could have been avoided. But, you know, we know that that wasn't his fault. You know, he was told to keep them open. But, you know, it just kind of, as an ISTJ, you're already kind of feeling guilty about then somebody coming up to you telling you, you're right for feeling guilty. Yeah. That was going to drive him even more to try and come to a resolution. And even if he really, he really wasn't at fault, you know that he's going to beat himself up. For, mm-hmm. for forever for that because he probably feels like I could have done it I could have figured right. out a way but you know I was actually reading just a fun fact about that scene mm-hmm. the woman who played the mother had to slap him over and over and over and over for it to be the right <laughs> slap <Really? laughs> yeah, they, were like, they were like they said it was like a ton of time that she had to really hit him so that must have been fun. Anyways, that's just a side right. note. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I know. And then, um, okay, so talking really quick on a side note about his wife, I immediately mm-hmm. got ENFP vibes from her. <laughs> oh, my God. So did I. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, at one point I went ditzy. <laughs> I was like, is she kind of ditzy? A little bit. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah. She could be a little bit ditzy because we definitely can come across that way because we are, um, you know, we can, that's one of the struggles for me that I've had to like push down and just let go of is feeling frustrated that like people don't take us seriously because we're friendly and Mm -hmm. like they underestimate 
like our intelligence or our maturity because we are bubbly but it's not it's not like you can kind of tell though that she had a lot going on under the surface because she was picking up on a lot of things he wasn't communicating Um, right she was yeah yeah and and at one point though when I was like okay she's like a seven and an ENFP is they're like just hanging out and he's still pretty stressed out and she's like you want to get drunk and go fool around and I'm like, <laughs> when all else fails, that's what you offer. <laughs> but that was very much to be like, she's either an ESFP or ENFP. But later I started seeing that she was recognizing so much of what was happening. And um, I've seen online people have one person categorize her as an ESFJ because she, when he was going out to see, she was like, I have your allergy medicine and I have your this. So she obviously must be an ESFJ to them. And I'm like, no, because that is something I would totally do. Like, you might go get killed by a shark, but here's mm-hmm. this in case you need this and that in case you need that. Like, <laughs> prepared. You know? And yeah, also because prepared she knows because them. Of- you know, she knows them on a different level. So as an ISTJ, she knows for him being prepared is a must in feeling even better. And I think that that's probably true, too. But you could see that he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm probably going to go get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, he was just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the novel, I actually read the book when I was a teenager, I believe. And he, she actually has an affair with a character we're about to bring up, um, Hooper, the, the marine biologist or the ocean. Oh, really? Um, the young guy? The dude from yeah. the Institute? Yeah, she ended up, like, having some, like, raunchy, illicit, like, motel affair with him in the novel. Wow. I'm kind of glad know, that's but... not in the movie. That would have put me, me off. Me too. So me too. And it put it, it was very out of nowhere for me in the book. Um, mm-hmm. Oops. Phone notification. Um, let me turn that off real quick. Um, anyways, we... Yeah, and Steven Spielberg just thought it was way too... Uh, distracting from the story which i agree it, it was plus he was he called it i think um popcorn movie it was a popcorn movie yeah and he wanted even you know older children to be able to come they don't need to see like sex scenes and stuff i think that the beginning yeah. with the the naked hippie girl was enough you know mm-hmm. um so okay so let's move on let's talk about Hooper, the oceanographer, I think is okay. played by Richard mm-hmm. Dreyfus. What did you what did you what was your take on him? My take on him was that um he was very thorough, methodical. Mm-hmm. He's very but he also didn't really care much for others' opinion, uh, mm-hmm. but could also kind of stand up to them kind of thing. Yeah. So he was really quirky in a way, so it made me think he was maybe an INTP, even though they're really yeah. rare. No, I, I, they, that's exactly what I thought, too. Being married to one, I saw a lot of my husband in him, but um, and a five in the Enneagram, because they use their wits, 100% their wits, to survive. Mm-hmm. In um, but yeah, no, I absolutely got that, too. And he definitely had that kind of cocky overconfident um you can tell not a lot of people had told him no in his life yeah yeah he's he's an interesting character though for real um at first he's kind of he kind of seems like he's this really meek 
kind of guy, but then really quickly you realize he's not. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he definitely takes his job very seriously. Um, I love when he's, like, doing that autopsy on the girl and he's like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> ready to <laughs> He's just like, yeah. can you not smoke in here? Like, he takes his job very seriously, but he's, he's yes. definitely recognizing, like, little by little he's in over his head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, so he's, he's, he's an interesting character for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I think also when they're comparing scars, um, you kind of see that he's, um, you know, he really takes his job seriously. It's it's not really just a job. It's more kind of like a passion because right. yeah, even though true. he's had so many close calls and he's mm-hmm. one of the guys that goes down into the ocean in the little oh my goodness. Um, stage, you know. That fool. That guy has cojones or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like he's, he's ultra courageous <laughs> when he that. goes into that like goes under that beat up boat to look for like the guy that's missing I was just like man this is this was to me that's what makes great cinema is that I don't know they're pushing you beyond where you're you're really not comfortable anymore this is also I guess what mm-hmm. makes a horror or thriller yeah Right. But, yeah. Because yeah. he, even he's kind of telling, um, he's telling Brody, you know, he's like, what's going to happen? Like, nothing's going to happen. Just relax. You know? I know. He's like, I'm going to go down there. And... He's coming back up and he's like, get out of the water. Like, I want to scream that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can kind of see that there's almost like a madness in some of these, like this type of passion. Um, mm-hmm. It's an irrational thing to me to be this passionate that you're going to get in the, um, in the water in those circumstances but hey better him right. than me um mm-hmm. what did you think when he went into that shark cage <laughs> I-, I thought he was just you know he was trying to prove himself to quint it i don't know if it was that but it kind of felt that way like i am up to par with you yeah oh yeah there was definitely that you know? competition between them um and, but he, you know, he brought that thing all excited onto the boat. Like, he definitely is, like, that's his. You know, do you know that when I was a kid, I wanted to do that for, a, like, a living? <laughs> no like, way. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't understand. I genuinely wanted to get into, car, like, uh, shark cages like that and just go underwater and watch them. And I can't even. I I was very brave as a child. Anyway. Um, but I guess that's also the beauty of being a kid. You don't measure you know consequences are real danger yeah so you can be anything when you're a child you know right you know that then you become a mom and it's like no yeah yeah exactly i think that's when all my nervous breakdowns happened was after motherhood yeah probably if i look at a timeline (laughs) (laughs) it's probably like very very courageous and adventurous boom first kid nothing (laughs) absolutely yeah totally but you know that there was that footage i was reading about Sorry, I have all these like nerdy little facts, but I was reading about how when they filmed those scenes of him being under there, they actually got like a really short guy. He was five, four foot nine, and they they had to do they had to play with scale to make the shark scene bigger. Um, and then they actually had some footage of a shark like thra- like tearing up a, a cage like that, so it was too good to waste so they changed the script because in the book this is when hooper dies 
And mm-hmm. it was in the original screenplay, but, but the footage of the shark tearing up an empty cage was so good that they changed the script to make it where he escaped and lived. Oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, it is because, you know, if you think about the size that he, the great shark was supposed to be, you know, it was really big. They said right. he was like a 25 footer, three tons. Right. Of great white shark. Which, yeah, exactly. So they had to, yeah, they shrunk the cage and they shrunk the man inside the cage to make it look even yeah. bigger. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else about him you want to add? Uh, just, no. Okay. Young guy, Matt. Because no. I do think that his dynamic with the next guy, Quint, that we, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about, like you, you mentioned, was very, very kind of uh, like there was an animosity there, or like a mild. Like a competition between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, because they they represent like two very different worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. Quint is kind yeah, of yeah because that. Quint is um what do you call it? Oh, I, I'm I'm forgetting right now, but blue collar is that what you call it? Right. Blue collar or working yeah, man collar. something. Right. Mm-hmm. He said we don't need this working man hero stuff. Right. Right. Because he was basically uh-huh. being what they call like rich shamed. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, like look, he's looking at his hands like you got city hands like all you've ever done in your life is count money um mm-hmm. there's a bit of a there's a bit of an animosity there for sure so okay so you what did you think of quint like personality wise how would you peg him so at, at first with quint i was thinking esfp or estp um i was just kind of going off his superiority complex and how crude he could be Right, he's talking. Yeah. You know, he has no qualms about what he says. Right, and he's very descriptive and more kind of like I flip so much, no one can tell me anything. Right, because I'm always right, kind of thing. Yeah, so that made me true. more ESTP. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and he definitely had the brains. Um, well, for the most part, uh, he had the brains. So I think you're right, ESTP. And in the Enneagram, he's absolutely an eight, and they are very dominant and extremely aggressive when when they're uh, when they have when they're face to face with the threat um mm-hmm. okay so he, him okay so him talking about his don't you think he for sure has some like major ptsd <laughs> oh yeah untreated P- complex ptsd yeah um yeah definitely yeah, because that, well, that story alone about the USS Indianapolis, um, that that's a true thing that happened. Have you, do you know about that? No. Because I, 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 cause I listened to a podcast not long ago, and it was about the making of this film, Jaws. And mm-hmm. they went into, that's why I kind of know little background stuff on this, because of that podcast. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was called Making Jaws. That's right. But they talked, they actually had a very visceral experience as a, like when you put the podcast in, they have sound effects and it has to do. So back in 1945, at the end of World War Two, United mm-hmm. States decided to bomb Japan with the bottom bomb. So they, they used the USS Indianapolis. They took it out to Japan. They delivered it successfully. And on the way back, the ship was torpedoed by Japanese submarines. I believe. Mm-hmm. And he said what he said in the 
movie, a lot of it was pretty accurate. So in 12 minutes, the ship had sunk and they had 1,100 men in the water with life preservers. Mm -hmm. And this is true. Um, Like, I think 200 of them came out of the water the next day. The rest had been eaten by sharks. Wow. The rest of them were all eaten by this, like, intense, like, horrible feeding frenzy of perhaps thousands of sharks, which to me is the most horrifying thing I can possibly imagine. Um, Right. The podcast was pretty awful because you hear, like, screaming and people like, what was that? What was that? You know, it's awful. Right. I'm sure he had PTSD pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. Because the way he talks when he's talking about it, he's when he says that he sees his friend and he was just kind of floating there and he had been eaten in half. So he was the top half of his body was just floating and he thought he was sleeping. And like when he just, right. And when he describes the shark, he, you know, he generalizes that, you know, all sharks are like that. He's like, you know, they have lifeless eyes until it bites you. And then it's eyes turn white. And he's so intense about it because he's seen it in real life up close you know yeah that's ugh. anyway that, that speech by the way was interesting because he had said the actor's name was robert shaw and he um he didn't like the way it was written so he was actually a screenwriter also not just an actor but he like rewrote the, the, the script for that part and he mm-hmm. convinced steven spielberg to let him have a few drinks before so that he could be authentic authentically mm-hmm. like tipsy but he got mm-hmm. so drunk that it was like a huge disaster <laughs> and they had to carry him off set. <laughs> like oh it he couldn't like use it and then and then I guess he called Steven Spielberg and he was like I'm so sorry I messed everything up so he actually did the take the next day very quickly and completely sober pretending to be drunk so he guess <laughs> but that's the one in the movie yeah and, the, and it's yeah, that was that was, and and I guess Richard Dreyfus said that his his acting. He said I wasn't even acting when he was doing that part. I was like completely in awe with his with his acting, mm-hmm. and in the actual story, he was like I, that was just me as a human being, like whoa. Um, so, anyways, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was, but yeah, I I think that his he's definitely not quite all there um, as a character. I guess him mm-hmm. smashing the, the radio tells us that yeah. more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know because, I mean, when they have that scene where they are trying to, you know, to spear him, I mean, spear the, the, the shark, you know, you see the fear in all three of them and then you see the mm-hmm. adrenaline hit them. And then once mm-hmm. they lose them, they, you see the total disappointment that they have. That yeah. they lost them, and then you know they're he's he comes back, and then you know um, uh, Chief Brody's trying to radio for them for someone to come help them. <laughs> he's just like, "No, we're doing this. No one else is going to help yeah, us." Yeah, I was to ask you what you think his motivation was in smashing. <laughs> I think at like, that point he really reminded me a lot of Ahab. I, I was just kind oh, of like yeah. thinking Moby Dick, Moby Dick the whole time. Yeah, I no, like, that's, this is his version of. That's a really good connection you drew there because that's absolutely what uh, the author was going for. Mm-hmm. He wanted him to have a very Ahab quality, like this absolute obsession. Um, yeah. <laughs> I 
was a scene in the movie that was cut. I'm not sure if they mm-hmm. filmed it or not, but it was in the script and it was supposed to be a screening of Moby Dick and Quint was supposed to be in there laughing maniacally during the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people would be getting so annoyed that they were leaving. Um, mm-hmm. Just to kind of show the connection and the maybe, I don't know, something, you know, that's definitely a huge a huge theme is or, or it's a huge parallel you're you're good to you're good to pick up on that but okay yeah. now mm-hmm. do you have anything to add um well i mean i i kept thinking about that connection between um you know quint and ahab and i found this little tidbit online um in, in academia.com about there's this whole um essay somebody wrote about it's called The White Whale and the Great White, How Melville's Moby Dick Influenced Steven Spielberg's Jaws. And it has this really cool kind of comparisons and connections. Okay, yeah. So definitely send me that article. <laughs> I <wonder. laughs> Yes, and we can add it on to the notes. Um, yeah, it's a long great. read, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, the-, um, the little parallels that they make. Mm-hmm. And, and I was actually seeing that the I guess that's one of the reasons that the boat was called the Orca is because the Orca is mm-hmm. the only known enemy or like arch nemesis of the Great White. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess the only thing I was forgetting to mention about, you know, even the obsession that you see um, with Quint and the sharks is when they go to his shop and he has all of those. Oh, kind yeah. Of- mouths and yeah when they when they leave and you know that shot is they go through one of the shark's mouths the camera oh. like goes through one of them and then the boat is leaving so oh, man, that's that like you know catch. yeah yeah that was that wow was that was cool. really, that's really cool um you can see the fixation there of just like the the trauma that he's been through like For, it, mm-hmm. it, he's had to he's had to kind of like man versus nature he said to be animal yeah exactly um i was going to say okay this is this is a part this is one of the things that kind of puzzled me and i think it's an interesting debate Mm -hmm. and i did go online and see some like reddits about it but i wanted to get your take the Mm -hmm. part where they're kind of getting close to shore and the shark is chasing them and he guns the engine knowing that it can't handle that type of pressure and mm-hmm. chief Brody and Hooper are like yelling at him to slow down and he just keeps gunning it. What did you, how do you read that? I think it's this for me, it's kind of like the same as when he destroys the, the radio. Uh-huh. He's not really functioning on rationality. No, absolutely He's not. He's <laughs> just going off on his own vendetta and, and wanting to be the person that kills this kind of, this great shark, you know? But, like, where's so, he trying to go? Like, is he trying, he's trying to drown it? it? I mean, that's what he said. He wanted to bring it into the shallow waters, right? I mean, I, I think, I think he just really wanted to, in my, I, I think it makes me think that he wants um, Hooper and Brody to think that that's what he's doing, but he's mm-hmm. really just trying to get them almost stranded out there so that it's just them. It's like between you and me, a clean fight type of thing or mentality. I don't know if I may be way off here, 
but no no I think you're absolutely right me think it, it just makes me think he's not rational he's insane at this point absolutely. and drunk <laughs> so yeah and you it, can tell like I mean when when Hooper's like screaming at him like stop he's like shut up and he like was like this is why he insisted it be on his old rickety ship when they like Hooper had that like sick like expensive boat with like all this radar Mm -hmm. all kinds of or sonar not radar whatever you Mm -hmm. know but like he insisted it be on his terms and he be in control which is very eight of him anyway but I think you're Mm -hmm. right that he he kind of I sense some self-sabotage there like yeah like you know and I was thinking about the survivor's guilt that Mm -hmm. comes from having escaped something like he did right is real mm-hmm. you know like all these men died and i didn't it's kind of like i've heard people talk about people having that after the holocaust um right. yeah. like where you live life with this kind of guilt of feeling like you're on this is unfair that i'm here like why am i still here yeah and my grandpa's mm-hmm. a world war ii vet and he all of his buddies he enlisted with died um, he was a he was a pilot and a bomber, and he he very much still struggles with that to this day. He's in his nineties. Wow. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe it had just yeah something where he's like, it's going to be either me or the shark here, and I can't. I'm not trying to involve other people. In his, you know, right. him being absolutely nuts is there's no doubt. I mean, he's got these yeah. two innocent men on board with him, one who's a father and a husband. You know. Mm-hmm. Right, but he doesn't really care about any of that because he's even when they leave, he's making fun of that. He's like, "Oh, the wife," you know. He's Mm -hmm. like singing that song about the wife waiting on shore. Yeah, and it's saying farewell, we'll never see you again. Uh huh. So I don't. It doesn't really seem like he cares much about that because he has this like his one track mind, and it just makes me think that when he's you know trying to go into shallow water to maybe drown it. Maybe he's also thinking kind of like either it'll drown or it's shallow enough for me to come down there and do almost this kind of like hand-to-hand combat and take finally his ultimate revenge for surviving, um, you know, what he survived. Yeah, but he ends up blowing the engine before they really get there. But you're you're right. I saw some people online who are absolutely adamant that he was terrified out of his mind and he was trying to reach the shore and I'm like no way you need to be rational to to have that fear of survival (laughs) yeah you do and also that really doesn't match up with him bashing the radio in you know yeah that's true it would have to be like a complete different person by then yeah so I I think the only other person that I like made any notes on was uh, the shark. Was it no, the I'm mayor? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, the mayor. I was like, was it the mayor? <laughs> oh, me too. So I totally What's put like, let's spot the narc. Let's play oh, spot my the goodness. narc. <laughs> yeah. And I was so, just like the mayor. <laughs> yeah. That he's at absolute three, I think, in the enneagram, where all they're driven by when they're unhealthy or even average level is is the image they want to give off the image of being successful. Mm-hmm. being seen as extremely capable um and i think that that that's what he cares the most about is like how he's seen you know yeah so th- i think i didn't make any notes on him as to um what type he was all i you know after seeing him all i put under his name was let's play spot the narc 
<laughs> and I just put, you know, he has his head in the sand. Dude, he's just focusing on the money and that it's, you know, if they close the town, what's going to happen? And, right. you know, it's funny when the day comes, no one goes in the water and he makes that family go in the water. Yeah. And then and then later on, he he's like smoking that doobie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and he's like, dude, my kids, you know, were in the water and I didn't even care about that. I just wanted the the beach to be open. So Yeah, it just I made think me was, think of that. Yeah. No, he he definitely gave off that vibe. I think he was for sure ESTJ is like they sometimes get so blinded by we need to get things done that they don't think about like uh just like other people and it's just like this needs to get done and it's okay if other people might get hurt in the big scheme of things. It's kind of like criticism of capitalism is like Hmm. money is money is king, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think by the end he was definitely a bit uh, sobered up to that. You kind of could see that a lot of shock in his eyes. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, or wasn't that, that was right after the little boy died or who else that was after it went into the pond right okay you just kind of saw his face like whoa i'm i'm nuts (laughs) right like it actually i don't know it didn't make me think of that it made me feel more like well like you know what's gonna happen to me now there goes my job kind of yeah no you're right you're right i think that that's what he's thinking about is himself for sure um but i did see a little bit of the glimpse of the father like being like, dude, my kids were in there. I, I didn't read it as like, I even had my kids in there. I viewed it as like, I can't believe my kids could have been killed too, you know? Yeah, like it never dawned on him like his kids could have been victims. Right. Kind of like that's how blinded he was. Right, yeah, absolutely. But, but beyond that, I don't think there's too much else to discuss on this, do you? Do you have anything else? I mean, you know, the only thing... I think that in the intro when, you know, they're kind of coming in to everybody, all the young people there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I, I, I noted was on the, on the guy that reports the girl missing. Um, I was just like, you know, good guy. He reported her. <laughs> he yeah. not like the guy today, probably like, she probably left. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I imagine <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's just like a good guy went and reported her. Yeah, he's like, I reported it, didn't I? When they're like, maybe you were responsible. Um, but, yeah. you know, that, that when I was at Universal Studios, I went like as a kid and they mentioned in the tour uh, around where Jaws, when they have Jaws jump out of the water, um, that the woman playing that role, she said there were some, scoop, there were some divers that were supposed to pull her down and mm-hmm. they did it in such a way it actually broke her back. <gasps> no way it broke something wow. in her back I couldn't imagine her Dang. entire back but it broke something in her back and yeah. so like her screaming was legit <laughs> yeah because I was gonna say her screaming was really really intense yeah her name's Chrissy I wrote right. down her name Chrissy yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like, she had a name I was like I hope she's not watching it in front of the kids <laughs> I know at one point my younger daughter came in and she started singing baby shark. <laughs> She's like, shark, I know a song about a shark. 
Oh. I was like, no, that's not this type of shark. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us, guys. We hope you will listen again soon. If you'd like to talk to us, you can ask questions or comment on what we said or make suggestions for future shows. Our email is realquacks at gmail.com and that's real with two E's, R-E-E-L-Q-U-A-C-K-S at gmail.com. Took me a second there. Anyways, have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon.